Welcome to the Raising Profits Podcast, where I'll be sharing my journey with you as I learn how to be a better steward and entrepreneur through a biblical worldview. I'll have guests with testimonies meant to encourage us, wisdom that preserves us, and knowledge that helps us move forward in our kingdom purpose. I'm your host, Max. All right. Welcome to the Raising Profits Podcast. Today, I have my friend Joe Templin with me today. He is the host of the Human Kaizen Podcast. Uh, He is the author of Everyday Excellence, uh, and he is on a path of nonlinear growth, and he wants to share that process with other people. Uh, Right before we started recording, Joe was explaining to me exactly, you know, because I asked, I said, what is Kaizen, right? So, Joe, could you please introduce yourself? Welcome to the show, and uh, and and explain like what what is the Kaizen concept? Thank you, Max. Glad to be here. So, Kaizen is a Japanese concept of continuous improvement, and when Toyota came to the United States shores in the early 1970s, their cars sucked. They were horrible. I mean, these things were basically a piece of crap with wheels and they'd fall apart and all that. They were too expensive. However, what happened is Toyota brought over also the concept of Kaizen and applied it in their factories where anybody, the newest person on the line, the manager, the CEO, they could stop the line and make a micro change in terms of the process, what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to improve and improve improve and they nothing radical no investments in brand new machinery and things like that just changing the environment changing the workflow changing the tooling changing little things and as Zeno Saitiam the founder of stoicism says well-being is no small thing but it's made up of little steps that is the whole idea behind Kaizen in that they made all these little changes and within 10 years they were putting Detroit out of business because their quality on their vehicles just kept getting better and better and better. And it got better faster, actually, as they basically built momentum with it. Their costs came down. Their time to production went down. So they were able to spit out incredibly high-quality cars, wicked quick, at low cost, and dominate the market. Now, General Electric and Westinghouse, basically anybody that made anything in the United States in the 1990s, adopted the idea of Kaizen and moved it over to lean manufacturing and Six Sigma and all these other things. And so it's spread throughout the manufacturing and management world. But what about applying this concept of continuous experimentation and improvement to people? We make about (laughs) 10 to 20,000 micro decisions per day. If we can make slightly better micro decisions, we have 50 to 100,000 thoughts. If we can actually make it so we don't even have to make, have a thought, we just have a process that gives better improvement. This is what Steve Jobs did. Steve Jobs always wore a black turtleneck and black jeans and white socks because he didn't need to think about what he was doing. He had like 20 versions of the same outfit, just grab, put it on and go. And it reduced his decision making, which allowed him to have more brain capacity to be able to improve Apple computers. So by doing this, by setting up our environment and making tiny little changes so that we can continuously improve, you can get better on your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health, your occupation, 
your relationships with other individuals. It allows you to get back into the nonlinear growth curve. It can help move you into that growth mindset that we all had when we were kids. We were first learning to walk or ride bikes. It didn't matter how often you failed because you were getting better and better. That is the whole idea behind giving time. I love that. And just, you know, taking that macro concept for a factory or an industry and then applying that to our lives. Obviously, if it works on that level, it had, I, I think if we went back enough, far enough in history, the philosophy and concept started with a man yep. trying to become a better person. That, that's all it comes down to. How can I be a little bit better today than I was yesterday? Mm, even even 1%. 1%. Even, even 1%. 1% per day a over a year is 37 <laughs> times better. Yeah. Okay. And there's a lot of low hanging fruit there because we have so many different dimensions of our lives. But even if we only got 1% better in aggregate per week over two years, that's still three times as good. So great. getting on this nonlinear growth curve of just looking at one thing that I can do a little bit better per day, whether it's doing one thing that scares you or being slightly more empathetic or slightly less negatively emotional or eating slightly healthier or spending one more minute in physical activity per day. It's a tiny thing. It is so small, it's almost negligible, but sustainable, like James Clare talked about. Mm. And so you can then add a little more, a little bit more. And this is how you go from being on the couch to running ultra marathons, because that's exactly <laughs> how I did it. The following segment is brought to you by Riplify Media. At Riplify Media, we know that you want to be recognized as the leader in your industry, create a lasting impact, and streamline your sales process. In order to do that, your online coaching program needs to be as unique and outstanding as you are. You've put your whole life into building your business. It's one of a kind, and your video presentation should communicate that. We are masters at helping the world know who you are and how you can help them. We over-deliver when it comes to producing course content that connects with your people. That's awesome. So Joe, Joe has a really, really awesome story and he's done a lot of really great things in business and sports and uh, just a really awesome personality and, and fun to hang out with and talk to. Uh, before the show, we were literally brainstorming how to take over the world and business in so many words. Uh, but we were, we were talking about a concept of building the basilica. And and Joe, I was wondering, like, this concept ties so well into the Human Kaizen podcast and mindset uh, and everyday excellence and and that nonlinear growth curve that I was wondering, like, could you did you break down that story that you were sharing sure. with me about? And I literally story? just made that story up before I started talking to you. Well, it, or it, it came it up resonated. With concept, so. It resonated with me a lot because um, you know I shared this with you, like. That's where I find myself, mm -hmm. you know, like with that vision. And I, I would really like it because there's two sides of the coin and you you tell the parable in such a great way uh, that I don't want to butcher it. But but tell about the two guys, what they say, and then you, you tell the story the way you tell it. It was just so good. I think people are going to okay. get a lot from it. So, you know, it comes down to having the balance between 
the grand vision and the details, which very often individuals within business have one, but not the other. And as it says in the original Karate Kid, balance Danielson must have balance. So you need balance. to have balance with this. <laughs> so building the Basilica, let's go back 200 years ago to France or you know someplace like that, because in Europe they were building these incredible cathedrals. And they take hundreds of years to build. I mean, Notre Dame took 150 plus years to build. Mm -hmm. And there's a, this vision of what they want, and then there's plans that the architect draws. And got to remember, even the architect isn't going to be there to see this thing fully completed. It's going to be four or five generations of people working at this. Mm -hmm. And this lady walks by in the early stages of the building and sees two bricklayers. And there's one with a sour look on his face. And, like, and she's like, what are you doing, good sir? I'm just laying bricks. He's slapping them down and all that. He's, you know, obviously not a happy camper. Mm -hmm. And she turns to the other one and she's like, and you good, sir, what are you doing? And he turns to look at her with this smile on his face and he's just exuding energy. And he's like, madam, I am building a cathedral to the glory of God. And he goes and he takes a brick and he carefully puts the stuff on, the grout on, and puts it down absolutely perfectly with a smile on her face. And she's like, that is wonderful. But how can you see this? It's going to take 100 plus years. He's like, but madam, I have already seen it. It's just my job to do my job. Mm. And so he's doing the little things, taking joy and doing it to the best of his ability to do that one little task. And then the next little task and the next little task, having faith and having a plan to eventually have beautiful cathedral and so we need to know what that cathedral is going to look like understanding that things might change in the interim but follow the plan and have faith and do what we need to do every single day every single work i think man that's such a good that's such a great parable for looking at um like the mundane parts right because there's a lot of mundane parts of there's the parts of my business i absolutely hate so like when I was a financial planner, I hated phoning more than anything. I hated phoning so much. I did not have a phone in my apartment because I hated it that much. So I, I still get shakes when I have to pick up the phone to call to schedule meetings. But you know what? I, I went and studied the psychology of it. I went and practiced my language every single day. I had a fish in my office sitting on my desk. And every single day I would practice calling that fish. He never gave me an appointment. But I practiced calling him every single day to get used to it and work it out and understand what you know, to say. If people said this, I could say this. So I had the um, scripts fully written out in my head and practiced hundreds of times. And I got to the point where 90 plus percent of the people I got on the phone, I would get an appointment. Average is about 50 to 60 percent. Mm -hmm. I was at 90 plus percent. And I still hated it, even when I was at that level. But you know what? I did it. I did it every single day, even 10, 15 years into the business. The brand new guys in the office would see me get on the phone, come on out and put on the phoning board my numbers every single morning, even though I was already blowing the doors off, even though I was already in the top 5% of production in the world, I was still doing the, every single day the exact same thing 
as telling them to do. So I was living and leading by example, but the grind, the little things that will always be there, I continuously did them. Whether I felt like it or not, whether I was having a good day or a bad day, whether I was sick or not, I still did my job every single day because consistency leads to excellence. You need to be consistent to be excellent. And that is one of the things, showing up and doing your basics every single day, eventually you get to reap the rewards. That's awesome, Joe. I think that that mindset, that servant leader mindset, and also having that bigger picture mindset and the faith and knowing, hey, what I'm doing may be mundane in the moment, but if I'm seeking to improve on myself and a process and what I'm doing uh, and I'm working unto the Lord as I do it, then the outcome, whether I see it here on this lifetime in the physical or not, you can know that what I'm doing is making an impact. If I continued being a heroin addict, I probably would have died a long time ago. But thank you for not doing that. Yeah. And so now that now that I didn't do that, things are changing, right? I don't know the fullness of the impact that's going to have. Just like you don't know the fullness of the impact that your life and your legacy is going to leave to your grandchildren. But those kind of little bricks that we lay along the way change the history. And also because you struggled with the addiction you can have more empathy, you can have understanding. So it's not like somebody who's led an absolute perfect life and has a halo and all that is coming on in trying to change other people's lives and drag them out of the darkness that they're in. You've been in that darkness, you've walked out of it, you understand how difficult it is. So you can assist other people better because of your struggles. People who have never struggled don't necessarily relate quite as well with normal people. Uh, Ted Williams was one of the greatest ball players ever, even though he's a Red Sox fan and I hate all, or a Red Sox player and I hate all the Red Sox, <laughs> the Yankees fan. Um, but, you know, he was just unnaturally gifted. He was a horrible manager because he could not realize that other players were not Ted Williams. Okay. People needed to understand struggle. Casey Stengel was barely made it out of the minor leagues to the major leagues. And yet he ended up winning, what, 10 pennants? Because he understood how to get the most out of people because he had to get the most out of his limited capability. And so because you are not perfect, I'm definitely not perfect, we can help other individuals because we understand the struggle. I mean, you talked about what I've done in terms of being an athlete and how I, you know, yeah, I've uh, won some titles in martial arts and I've done marathons and ultra marathons and all that. I'm a horrible, horrible natural athlete. I have no athletic ability. Okay. I'm more athlete than athlete. In fact, I was severely asthmatic. When I was 10 years old, I was dead from my asthma. Okay. I, literally dead, floating out of my body, seeing the bright light and all that. So no, basically nobody has started with less in terms of physical capability than me. And the only reason that I've been able to do those marathons and ultra marathons is consistent discipline, consistent effort, and being able to build up, having that vision of eventually completing a marathon. That's wild. So I, I hope everybody heard that 
Joe was literally dead at one point, saw the light, <laughs> came yep. back. And now because of those experiences, he's able to pass on that grace and compassion and empathy to other people while also building an awesome business, uh, while also competing in high level athletics uh, and really like changing the way that people think about things. So Joe, uh, we've, we've covered, we've covered a lot of ground. I got a lot of notes here for stuff that we've talked about in this conversation, but if, if there was a, a super nugget that you wanted to just drop on everybody in, uh, in closing, what would that be? So actually I don't call them nuggets. I actually, from something that my dad taught me years ago, I call it a pearl. My dad called it a pearl of wisdom. And he said that in every situation, whether it's a class you're taking a seminar that you're attending, a podcast, you listen to a book, you read a class, you take, look for that one pearl of wisdom. And very often the pearl comes from something bad happening. You know, uh, a negative event and the oyster puts Necker around it and creates this beautiful, valuable thing. And so in every situation, try and find that one pearl that you can use. And if you can string together enough pearls, you'll have a very rich life. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that my father taught me years ago. And so I actually do a presentation called Pearls of Excellence with a bunch of outputs from the book. But the one thing that I actually want to talk about, not the uh, pearls of excellence, is that in every situation, every decision that we make, we are presented with two choices. We are presented with the easy choice, the thing that feels good in the moment. You know, the eating the donut instead of eating healthy. I love my donuts. Um, the smoking the cigarette instead of not doing that the playing video games instead of cracking the book and studying the you know uh putting the dating app on your phone even though you're married you know sort of thing that i've seen in the past so the thing that feels really good in the moment but leads you down the worst path or you can do the right thing which is usually the much harder thing to do in the moment than not accepting that client because they're a bad person and they're not in alignment with their values or the studying for the test, or the going out of your way to help the individual that needs help at that moment, or the eating healthy, or the putting on your running shoes and going out and running in the rain instead of sitting on the couch and eating Cheetos and watching the Kardashians or whatever's on TV today. So doing the harder thing is it might be harder in the moment, but it leads to a better path. It leads to a better life. You pass the tests, you get a better job and you make more money. You go running, you're healthier and you know you don't get diabetes. So doing the hard things, when you have the choice, make the harder choice and you're gonna ultimately have an easier life. Hey everybody, this has been another episode of the Raising Profits Podcast. If you're feeling encouraged, inspired, or if you learned something new, leave a review and let us know. We may even feature your comment in a future episode. One of the best ways to support our mission is to reach out to evanstc.org and make a donation to help them finish their 25-bed facility that helps men recover from drug and alcohol abuse by means of the gospel of Christ. Thanks for watching.